Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. 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 Welcome back to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, the radio flagship home of the Cowboys. Joined, as always, by Brian Broaddus, former Super Bowl-winning NFL scout, now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, Monday through Friday, 2 to 7 p.m. on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing well, Robert. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, we've said this before. Game week, getting a little bit closer. Tuesdays uh, tend to be days off for people as uh, we hear these uh, podcasts uh, for our show being on Wednesday, uh, we'll actually uh, start getting ready into the uh, like the meat and potatoes wow. of what we're about to do for this uh, for this game. So uh, looking forward to uh, getting this thing started. It is game week. I will be at the stadium on Sunday night. Uh, you will uh, you'll also be there doing. Uh, I will be. Yeah. Uh, but you know where I would be if, if it wasn't AT&T Stadium, Brian. Where would you? I I know where you're going to be. You would be at Boomer Jacks. I would you? be at Boomer Jacks, our new sponsor here at Love of the Star. How about that? Uh, Seventeen DFW locations. Uh, one one of my absolute favorite spots. Honestly, I, I go there almost every draft season. Especially have drinks with a, a bunch of people um, from from like the draft sphere uh, and hang out there. But uh, right now, you can cool off with cool drink specials and affordable eats. The drink specials begin. 
at three dollars and it's really a great space i you know i just talked about being there with friends but i've hung out there with, with the family and stuff before uh wall-to-wall tvs live music it, it's really a great time i i love boomer jacks yeah boomer jacks uh we've done a lot of work over the uh, years with boomer jacks they were sponsors with trust the tape and really excited about working with them again uh here on our podcast uh out in love of the star yeah absolutely and uh you know, like we say in this in this era of like, you know, it's it's burning up here in the DFW Metroplex and uh, we've all been hit hard in the wallet uh, with inflation this summer. Uh, it's nice to know that Boomer Jacks is still there with affordable drinks and affordable food. So go check them out. Like we said, 17 DFW locations. Find yours at BoomerJacks.com. Brian, we left everybody off saying, hey, when you, by the time you hear this podcast, you'll probably have heard that the Jason Peters signing is official, and that's exactly what happened. He joins the practice squad for the Cowboys. He will begin a ramp-up period um, ahead of uh, getting ready. Probably, it sounded like just from hearing him talk about how long his ramp-up period will be, I, I guess we're looking at about week three, um, I think, is, is when we're talking about him being ready. Uh, but we did get a chance to talk to him out at the Star on Monday. And so, just want to run through some of the things that he had to say. We're going to lead off here, Brian, with uh, Jason Peters telling us how this last month has gone as, as he's begun to figure out where it is that he was going to end up. Yeah, I had a couple, a uh, few opportunities with some teams. Uh, but like, you know, like I was telling my agent, they like to go youth over over age. So I was just weighing my options. And then when this came up, my home state, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't pass it up to, to play for the Cowboys, you know, two hours from my hometown. So. And, and far as the shape go, I've just been doing cardio and lifting. You know, you can't really get in football shape till you put the pads and the helmet on. So, you know, that's what I'm going to be doing the first couple of weeks. Brian, when, when people talk about football shape, and I mean, that's something that we're all kind of familiar with. Um, you know, he mentions there, hey, I'm doing cardio, I'm doing lifting. And I, I think some people listen to that and go like, well, what other shape do you need to be in? How does, how does putting pads change that or, or putting on pads change that in terms of your ability to ramp up and get ready? Kind of explain through your understanding of, of the differences of that, of just getting ready physically in a gym versus getting physically in shape with game reps. You cannot ever uh, duplicate how sore you are when you practice with pads on. And that's where training camp tends to be, you know, and nowadays they don't, they're not as extensive with the hitting like the two a days like they used to have back in the Jimmy Johnson-led early 90s Cowboys uh, where they had two-day practices twice a day, uh, where they had hitting full padded practices. But, yeah, it does take a little bit of getting back into – now, he's played a long time in this league, but the movement you have in pads, the soreness you have in pads, the how you carry your pads – is uh, a, a, a could be really different for players. Uh, you know, some players have really good speed in pads, but they can't run a 40-yard dash without pads. You know, I mean, they're slow. It's weird how pads make players different. And whether it's the speed, the athletic ability, or just the soreness you go through of going through the hitting with pads on. You have to almost retrain yourself again at how to play and practice. Even though this guy's played a long time in the NFL, there's that acclimation that you have to have, and they call it carrying your pads and how you carry those pads. Uh, it, it's you could you could do all the work you want in the off season with the running and 
conditioning, but those pads do, you know, it's extra weight on you and you have to get used to uh, dealing with also how you, uh, how you sweat in those pads. I know it sounds funny to say, but especially early season, you have to learn how to, uh, you know, monitor your body with that extra weight on you and that helmet on you uh, as you perspire. And you have to get used to doing that once again and, you know, getting yourself in shape to carry those pads. Jason Peters, a big part of his role here, whether he sees the field or not, a big part of his role here is going to be uh, passing on his knowledge to Tyler Smith specifically. I mean, guys along the offensive line as a whole, but really I think being Tyler Smith's mentor is a big part of why Jason Peters is here. Um, and so he was given a chance to just talk about like, you know, how he plans on pouring into Tyler Smith. And, and this is what he had to say. Oh, just, just a grit, uh, finishing plays, technique, uh, knowing what to do and playing fast, uh, keeping his nose clean and stuff, you know, on and off the field. You know, I'm going to help him out. I helped him a little bit today, just trying to get his technique and all that stuff in rhythm. I love that he says keeping his nose clean on and off the field. On and off the field, yeah. Jason Peters uh, clearly here sounds like, I want to teach this guy how to be a professional football player, not just a, a pro on the field, but a guy teaching him how to be a pro, you know, Monday through Saturday as well and in his personal life. Yeah, I think there's a lot to really like about Tyler Smith. And I think that by bringing Jason Peters in, not only does it protect the Cowboys if something happens at left tackle, but it also is a education. Joe Philbin, a longtime NFL offensive line coach, can teach and explain and do things. Jason Peters has lived this. You know, it's it, you know, with Tyron Smith, I'm sure that Tyler Smith got opportunities to talk to Zach Martin and also to talk to Ty, uh, Tyron Smith. But with Tyron Smith now no longer really in the building, he is, if you think about it, there's things he's probably having to do with rehabs and things like that. And he's just not going to be able to have that kind of that interaction uh, with Tyler Smith like he once had. So having Jason Peters in here to kind of help him along the way, um, I think that's a great, great thing. Protection for the possibility of something happen, but also the experience that he could pass along is super, super valuable to Tyler Smith right now. And when we talk about Jason Peters, obviously there's going to be this ramp up period, but the question is when he's finished ramping up, is that his job at left tackle or is it, uh, is it just dependent on how Tyler Smith plays? Jason Peters was asked about how he envisions his role. Here's what he had to say. It don't matter whatever they ask me. If, if, if Smith get in there and start rolling and they want to keep him, you know, I'm going to just help him, help him along. There ain't, ain't no guy that's going to feel some kind of way if I don't get in there and start. But if they ask me to start, I'm going to get in there and go to work. I mean, I've been doing that since my, my fourth, fifth year. You know, it don't matter if I'm starting or not. Even when I was hurt going on the Super Bowl run, uh, I was helping Bata and Lane Johnson every day, so. It really don't matter what I'm doing on and off the field. If I'm starting, I'm going to play as a starter. If I'm, a, you know, off the field, I'm going to be, be coaching the guys up. And that doesn't sound like just rhetoric to me. Like, like no. I don't know about you, no. Brian. When I hear him say that, that sounds sincere. Like, he genuinely, there's no ego here. He is happy to just play the role of, you know, almost player coach and be ready when they need him. And if they turn, if it turns out they don't need him at all, other than to just be a positive influence on the guys in that room. sounds like he's completely happy to do that. The, the 
absolute perfect scenario for the Cowboys would be for Tyler Smith to play at a level where he is not a liability. He's not getting penalties. He's not getting run by. He's not giving up sacks. He's uh, being effective in the running game. There's a lot of things on Tyler Smith's plate, but if he could, if he could pull it all together and play to a, a high level, I, you're not, you don't have to play to the level of Jason Peters or play to the level of Tyron Smith. But if you see progress every single week, that that could be a wonderful thing because Jason Peters is likely this is a one year thing for Jason Peters. Tyler Smith's the future. And if you can get Tyler Smith to play well throughout this season and they don't have to replace him, that is just that is a huge benefit going into 2023. And uh, I mean, when you talk about a guy and you've watched Jason Peters tape, you know about him. He, he's a guy good who, player, a good player and a guy who was an undrafted free agent, had to scrap for for his living in the NFL and to scrap for his position on his way to becoming a nine time pro bowler and a guy who really understands the technique and the fundamentals of the game. And we played the clip uh, on the last podcast we did where Tyler Smith talked about right now, the biggest thing for his development is trusting his fundamentals and trusting what he's being taught from veterans and coaches. And Tyler Smith actually talked to the media after Jason Peters did and, and was asked like, Hey, on this first day, Jason said he already got a chance to talk to you a little bit. Um, what, what are some of the things that he was able to, you know, impress upon you? And this is what Tyler Smith had to say. He told me a lot of things, but just one thing, he, t- he, told, me, he taught me a little bit about hand tricks, you know, how he, how he operates with his outside hand. He's like, when you strike, like, you can make it a looping strike. You just kind of shazoom defenders, like, kind of just knock them off their game a little bit, like, just make it a turn and strike. And that's just small stuff. He also talked about, like, getting out of your stance quick and getting to your spot being one of the most important parts of blocking because from that point on, it's just a chess match between you and the defender. Like, and even though it seems small, that, that stuff can take you a long way so it was just you know little things like that when coaches are are here you get joe philbin and jeff blasco i imagine the thrust of what they're teaching and what they're talking about is going to be like you know the the fundamental technique and and just the the very basic things that he needs to do as an offensive lineman but when jason peters can come in it it sounds like just from what tyler smith said there where he's going to be really valuable is teaching him things on another level and more advanced technique and and sort of tricks of the trade that maybe he's not going to get in in just standard coaching. No, you're absolutely right. And the most important thing for a guy like Tyler Smith that struggled with his hands at tackle at times at Tulsa because his technique got sloppy, that could, that's just great advice. He knows he knows that his hands. He's got such a strong punch. You and I saw what he was able to do against Micah Parsons in that OTA practice. Parsons tries to bull rush him, left-hand punch right in the chest, right-hand punch to counter, and now it's like Micah Parsons is stopped in his tracks. And that's where tackles win, when they make these defensive ends have to start, stop, then start again. Ball's out. That's yeah. your job. Make them start, stop, and start again. And if you're doing that on a consistent basis, you can play offensive tackle pretty well in this league. I think, you know, Tyler Smith is a a pretty nimble-footed athlete for his size. Um, but I think, you know, like we've talked about, the, the hallmarks of Tyler Smith's game are just 
He is a mammoth. He, he's a giant guy, and he plays with a lot of power. That's not totally dissimilar to, to Jason Peters, who is, man, we're used to standing next to Tyron Smith and marveling at, man, that's a big guy. Jason Peters standing next to him in the media session was like, this guy dwarfs even Tyron Smith, it feels like. But how helpful is it not just to have a veteran like that in Jason Peters to impart his wisdom to Tyler Smith, but to be a guy who has some of the similar traits, like a big guy who plays with a lot of power and can show him how to properly harness that power. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, you're absolutely right there to me. They're really two different types of players, but the similarity they do have is they're both really, really strong and they're both really, really strong in their hands. And so for, you know, there was a time where Jason Peters probably, you know, 10 years ago, athletic ability, footwork and all that stuff, you know, where it was, you know, he was just so nimble in the way he moved, very similar to what you see with Tyler Smith. So I I kind of feel like that probably Jason Peters is looking at this kid and he's going to watch him practice and he's going to say, oh, okay. Or they're going to be in film sessions and you're going to go, oh, okay. I see. I see what you got here. So yeah, that, that kind of wisdom that ability to say, hey, hands, feet, this is how they interact. Think about this. Target points. Think about this. The one thing I know that probably Jason Peters won't do is you don't want to tell this kid too much. You know, you don't want to overwhelm him. You don't want to overwhelm him and you don't want him to make him have to overthink. And if he misses once or twice, then you worry about, oh, is he going to get in a rut? We saw that with Chaz Green uh, several years ago. He got in a rut overthinking. Chaz Green played well against the 49ers previous. That Atlanta game was a whole nother, you know, whole nother set of problems, but you're thinking too much. And I, I think that Jason Peters, by just simply saying, hey, about the hands, we'll work on everything else as we come along. But again, it's just a, a huge, huge get for the Cowboys. It has to give them a little bit of relief in their minds knowing that if something does happen where things if things just aren't perfect and I don't think they're going to be perfect with Tyler Smith but I don't think it's going to be as big of a learning curve as people might be leading on to believe right now and just as we wrap up this segment I wanted to make sure I I fit in my favorite clip from Jason Peters media availability and that was him talking about his first meeting with Jerry Jones at the end of the day uh you know me and Jerry go back to to Arkansas. So when he called me, you know, we sat down and talked and, you know, it was like love at first sight. You know, we was talking about the hall. He was talking about the national championship and how it changed his life. And me being a Razorback changed my life and gave me the opportunity to be here today. Boy, love at first sight. Uh, talking about meeting with somebody and it's love at first sight. That sounds like something Jerry would say, to be yeah. honest. Like, like I would expect to hear Jerry say, oh, meeting Jason Peters. It was love at first sight. So uh, that, that gave me well, a good chuckle. <laughs> It's love at first sight knowing that he has a capable all-pro, Pro Bowl backup if Tyler Smith doesn't work out. That's yeah. got it. That is a much better option for him in week one than it is at any point in time. You, you might not get Jason Peters in week five or week six. You know, it, it's sad that Tyron Smith got hurt again. Uh, we all understand it's 
part of dealing with Tyron Smith. He's going to get hurt. But the fact that you're able to go out and get probably the best tackle on the street uh, has to make Jerry Jones very, very happy. And, and, and I, you know, I, I can say, I, I think that Tyler Smith's going to be fine, but just knowing, just knowing that Jason Peters is there ready to go and being supportive is a huge get for the Dallas Cowboys uh, as they get ready for the season. You're listening to the love of the star podcast. The love of the star, of course, is an odyssey podcast. You can find it on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive. That's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Brian, let's look ahead a little bit to the Buccaneers. We're going to be doing that all this week. We talked a little bit about them on Monday. Uh, We've gotten a couple quotes out this week out of uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, Tom Brady has had his first podcast of the year. He, it's the second season of his podcast, Let's Go, that he does with Jim Gray. Uh, and he was asked about the Dallas Cowboys heading into this game and and gave a little mini scouting report. Here, here's what Tom Brady had to say about the Cowboys heading into this matchup. Cowboys are very talented in all three phases. I love everything that Dak's done since he's been the quarterback. You know, watch him his rookie year. He led the team to a great record. Never let any of the success get to his head. You know, he's done an amazing job. You know, C.D. Lamb's a great player on offense, dynamic receiver. Zeke Elliott has been a great back in the league since his rookie year. Although he's an Ohio State guy, I got a lot of love for him, too, because he's a great player. And then, you know, on defense, Micah Parsons is one of the dynamic players in the NFL that is not only a linebacker, but he's a pass rusher. He does everything for that defense. They put him in tough situations with matchups. He does a great job in the pass rush. He does a great job in pass coverage. They're doing a really good job with their defensive scheme that, you know, they they change their fronts a lot. They change their coverages. They got Got some guys in the secondary, Trevon Diggs, who led the league in interceptions last year. So it's a good offense that can score points, especially at home. It's a very talented defense that forces a lot of turnovers. And you're playing in Dallas, so you're playing against that home crowd of 90,000 fans. So we're challenged off the bat. Is that the most generic scouting report a player could ever give of another? I mean, it's nice. He said all these going things, but what did he really say? Oh, he's a dynamic receiver. He's a dynamic running back. He's dynamic a lot for everything. Oh, he, he's he's a dynamic player who they use in a lot of different situations. He's just he's he's filling them with air a little bit. Well, it's always funny when you hear quarterbacks, especially after what Eric Giafalo got Dak to do on 105.3. Oh, it was wonderful. When Dak, uh, when Eric created uh, 
like a, a, a mythical team. And so he started asking Dak questions about the mythical team. And Dak was like, you know, you look at the tape, Team Z is really, really talented. They've got a really, they got a lot of really good players. I really trust my guys to be able to handle Team Z. You know, it's funny. Yeah, it's, it's, but in, in the one thing that I think, I wonder, by the way, if somebody kind of researches all these things for Tom Brady for him to say, you know, like, like Tom, you're going to be asked about, okay, here's a list of names. Here's a, you know, I don't know. Maybe Tom's not that, that kind of guy, but. He knows a lot about the Cowboys offense. I, I give him credit for that. Uh, but he saw it firsthand last year, too, sure. uh, in, in opening day. Uh, but he's right about Micah Parsons. And I think this is where this game, we all believe it's going to come down to the offense and defensive lines and maybe which yeah. line will block the best. I have a feeling it's going to come down to which secondary is the best. Because we, if – I think that teams, I think both quarterbacks are going to get the ball out as quickly as possible. But which team can play press coverage? Which team can not allow uh, the big play? Which team uh, is better suited to potentially get the turnovers that Tom Brady's talked about? I, I think that we always make a big deal about, oh, this team has got this and this team's got that. I I feel like, though, it's going to come down to which team can cover better because I think both quarterbacks, if 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 Dak Prescott was a rookie quarterback and this was his first start, then, you know, you could say, well, maybe it's going to be, you know, maybe the offensive line is going to affect him, this, that, and the other. I think Dak Prescott and Kellen Moore know exactly what they're dealing with with their offensive line. And I don't think they're going to let Dak Prescott sit there and take hit after hit after hit after hit. But so – if the protection turns into max protection and keeping tight ends in and chipping guys and stuff like that, that could benefit for that. But which secondary Tampa's secondary uh, or the Cowboys secondary, you know, which one are going to be able to hold up as this, these, both these teams are getting the ball out quick. Yeah. And I think that that's a good point. And look, the, the Buccaneers had the top-rated passing attack in the NFL last year. They were number one in net passing yards per game. They were number one in passing touchdowns. Um, and and you know, they're they're. It remains to be seen if Chris Godwin's going to be available for this game. He um, wasn't very good the last time these teams played. Oh, he wasn't. He he had a yeah. critical fumble in the red had, zone too. He had some fumble. He had some drops. Uh, yeah. Ball was down the field. He had a drop. I mean, he 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 had some pro underneath some of those routes. There were two or three routes where he wasn't as great as he needed to be in that football game. Matter of fact, that uh, you mentioned that fumble gave Dallas the opportunity to try, and they drove the ball down the field, but they got holding calls along the way themselves, which took them out of the opportunity of maybe killing this game and killing the clock and yeah. kicking the game-winning field goal. Yeah, absolutely. And look, if Chris Godwin scores there, it might be, you know, game over for the Cowboys right then and there. And then instead they put themselves in a position to potentially win that football game. So that was definitely a big play, but he may not be ready for this game. Knee brace just came off this week and recovered from torn ACL and MCL. He said this week, he doesn't know if he's ready to play. Todd Bowles seemed a little optimistic, said everybody was trending towards playing. So that's at least positive there, but you got Godwin. Mike Evans, of course, is Mike Evans. 
they brought on Julio Jones, a guy who is injury prone on the back a, a half of his career. But they also brought in Russell Gage from Atlanta, who's a pretty good player. Um, I, you know, he's not a star by any means, but he's not a bad receiver to have in your core. And, uh, you know, an LSU guy like yourself. Yes. And uh, Russell's actually been dealing with a, I believe, a hamstring injury that kept him out a lot of the last couple weeks of training camp. He should be ready to go. But that's a guy who's missed a lot of practice time. Um, but Russell Gage was asked actually uh, leading up to this game about how they match up with the Cowboys and, and, and what the Cowboys defense, what kind of challenges they present. Here's what Russell Gage had to say. Good defense for sure. You just called it uh, Parson. He's really good. Um, great player. Um, you know, I, I know the defense pretty well. Dan Quinn and those guys, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they got a good secondary. You know, uh, Diggs, uh, you know, coming back off, after a monster, monster season. Um, you know, the inside guys are good. I mean, you know, the defense is good, but, you know, we got a lot of weapons, so it's going to be hard to match us. So, similar to Tom Brady, kind of giving you generic scouting report on guys, but then also make sure to say, hey, I've played for Dan Quinn and those guys. I feel like I got a pretty good handle on what that defense does. And also, yeah, well, they're good. We're tough to match up with. In fact, I, I don't have the clip here to play, but he referred to their receiver group as maybe the best ever is mm. what he said, which is a little strong. I don't know that I'd even have them in the top five of the NFL right now. Uh, but Brian, do you think there are, obviously, you know, you're, you're going to have Cameron Bray, the tight end. He'll be there. He's an option as well. Um what kind of challenges, absent the quarterback, Tom Brady, and absent the offensive line issues, what kind of challenges do you think those receivers pose to Dallas's secondary, which runs pretty deep, especially if Jordan Lewis is going to be healthy for this game like we think? You've got Lewis, Diggs, yeah. Brown, and then Deron Bland, who's played really, really well. Yeah, and that's the thing about it is, is how healthy is Lewis, uh, and will he be ready to go? Because then it turns into likely Bland, And I don't know if Bland is going to be inside or outside. I think there's a they worked Bland inside just to see what he could do. Mm -hmm. And there's a side of me that believes that if Lewis can't go or something happens where he gets compromised during the game, I think they would probably kick Bland, keep Bland on the outside and kick and kick uh, Brown inside if something happens. Even though Bland played a lot, I just think they were looking at him to see. Uh, you know, maybe they want uh, Brown to be uh, that guy that could carry the field. Uh, but uh, you, you, Mike Evans is a down the field player. Uh, man, there's games where he's absolutely brilliant, and there's games where he just completely disappears. It's a strange thing with him, uh, but. I think you have to be super impressed with his ability to get the ball down the field. We all know what Julio Jones is. I mean, that's a big body guy that, you know, he's he's had opportunities. He hasn't stayed healthy. Man, you know, five, six years ago, that guy was a beast. Yeah. And I think there's I think that Father Time's caught up with him, but you never know. Playing with Tom Brady, the way Brady's accurate throwing the football, uh, this could, you know, get his career right back on track. You mentioned Gage, the way he plays out of the slot. They've got some tough covers. They've got some really tough covers. Even if Godwin doesn't play, they've got some tough covers on this uh, on this wide receiver crew. Russell Gage uh, had mentioned it, said he thinks that with their weapons, he anticipates that throughout the season they're going to see a lot of zone coverage. Uh, would you expect Dallas to be largely in zone? For, for this game against Tampa, or do you think that they'll, 
you know, maybe press these guys up, maybe bring some zero blitzes. Well, there's some, there's folks that believe that if you, if you, if you clog and cover like in, in zones with Brady, you could affect the way that he plays. It's when they bring pressure. I've always felt like that if you pressured Brady through the middle, because I was now, I, I know you and I talked about this on the Monday show. I was like thinking that New Orleans was doing this magical thing to keep Brady. It really wasn't. It was rush four. It was an occasional blitz. Uh, man, they, they just Tampa had trouble catching the ball. Saints coverage was good. Brady threw into some coverage. He probably should have uh, Leonard Fournette dropped a ball that ended up being an interception. You know, they, there's, it was really, it was more of Tampa's inability to finish plays than it was New Orleans of how well New Orleans played in those two games. Cause I was expecting like mayhem for, uh, you know, from Dennis Allen and how he was going to attack Tom Brady. Yeah. But, but there's people that believe that if you clog and cover, you make Brady hold the ball, hold the ball, hold the ball, you can get to him or you frustrate him to the point where he's not going to take a sack. He's just going to get rid of it. And that happened in the Dallas game last year. There were a couple of times where you could see pressure get to Brady and instead of taking the sack, he just got rid of the football. That's when you got to move him around a little bit and make him have to play outside the pocket. Now, like we mentioned, there's a lot of instability on the Buccaneers' offensive line. Um, you know, they, they've got their left guard and their center who have never started an NFL game. And more than never started an NFL game, they're switching positions from tackle to left guard and center in Luke Gadecki and Robert Hainsey. Uh, but Tom Brady, in that podcast that he did with Jim Gray, was asked about the instability on the Buccaneers' offensive line, and this is what he said. It's going to be a challenge, and every team's challenged at different times in the year. So, you know, you deal with injuries early, you deal with injuries late, you deal with them all year. I certainly don't make every throw great. I don't make every read great. You know, I've thrown plenty of interceptions. You know, you can't expect these young tight ends or or young running backs or young linemen to get everything right because they're going up against a lot of great players, and those great players are going to challenge them. So I'm expecting great things from our her, our whole unit. I think they've learned over the years. I think we're more on the same page every year, and I expect them to go out there, and they got a lot of pride. They want to, they want to work hard. They want to do the right thing. They're well coached, and we're going to be in a position with the O-line where I hope they take it to heart all the things that people have said about them, which is, you know, not always the most flattering things, but they got to go out there, and they got to, again, like, like all of us, we got to go out there and earn it and prove people right or prove them wrong. And Dallas, Dallas is in the same boat with their line. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Jack Prescott could have said the same thing. I hope that Dallas takes to heart that nobody thinks they can block anybody on the Tampa front. You know, it. This is Tom's right. I mean, he mentioned all the things real quick, Bobby. I'm sorry, I cut you oh, off there. No, no, but no. I just I was listening to Brady talk about. I haven't made throws. I've thrown interceptions. You know, these players. It's always not expected for them to be great but I expect him to be great. You know, I mean, that's kind of what he was saying. And I'm like going, okay, but this, these two teams are so similar in the problems that they're dealing with right now. That they're just, both teams are dealing with banged up players along the offensive line and it's compromised really, you know, it's made it a lot unknown. The Buccaneers have just as many unknowns, on their offensive line as the Cowboys do. They're starting rookies too. If you think about really uh Hainsey the center, I think I said his name right, isn't it right? Uh -huh. Hainsey, I mean, he's he's a second year player. 
He hasn't started. The guard, Gudecki, he hasn't started. You know, I mean, there's they're they're in they're in a they're in a very, very tough spot. And so are the Cowboys. So this thing could go either way, but I hope, like Tom Brady says, I hope the Cowboys offensive line takes to heart that nobody thinks they can block this Buccaneer front. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, Brian. Uh, we're going to transition now over to our Twitter mailbag. Before we do, I just want to say again, thank you so much to the new sponsor of our podcast, Boomer Jacks, uh, like we said, 17 DFW locations. You can find yours at boomerjacks.com. Uh, wall-to-wall TVs, live music. It is the perfect spot to stop down after a long, stressful week at work. It's the perfect Friday night spot uh, to just go unwind with some cheap drinks and, and cheap food and, and just, you know, enjoy a nice night with yeah. the family or the bros. It's great. Yeah, Bobby, let me say this real quick before we get to the those mailbag questions. Yeah. If you're one of those folks that's listened to us out of town uh, mm-hmm. or out, out outside the country, whatever, you come into Dallas, uh, you want to go find one of the Boomer Jack locations, all the college football games are up on the screen. I mean, it's great. You could probably watch your team play and then turn around and be a part of uh, coming to the game with the going to the, the stadium the next day, maybe seeing Bobby and I, but – Boomer Jacks, if you're if you're seriously into coming in town, getting something good to eat, watching college football on TV, Boomer Jacks has got you covered. Absolutely. In fact, if you're coming from out of town and you stop at Boomer Jacks, uh, tweet it at me. I'll come. I'll come meet you for a drink, or at least Venmo you for one of them, since the drinks are so cheap. So yeah, there you go. Boomerjacks.com. Uh, Brian, the Twitter mailbag. We're going to jump into that now. First question here is from Garrett Jeffcoat. Do you think that Tony Pollard or Cavante Turpin sees more snaps in the slot. I'm going to say initially it's going to be Pollard initially. And then, but I think they're going to figure out ways to get Turpin more involved. I think that Kellen Moore uh, on uh, Wednesday, or was it, uh, was it Monday? When was the day that he was talking about? I'm getting all my days mixed up again, but Kellen Moore was talking about how surprised he's been at his Turpin's ability to play wide receiver. So yeah. I think that was Monday. So, yes, yeah. So, uh, yeah, th- this will, this will be, uh, uh, but uh, I, I do think that they want to get Pollard going. I really, really do. And then find other ways to get Turpin involved as well. Yeah. I think that 
there there is going to be a fair amount of snaps for Pollard in the slot before Michael Gallup comes back. Yeah. Um, you know, once Michael Gallup comes back and I think things change up a little bit in terms of how comfortable they how comfortable they feel with guys on the outside, how much they want to kick CD Lamb inside, who's emerged as the primary number 3 option, maybe that changes things a little bit or maybe Tony Pollard emerges shows he's really good out there and they have a tough time taking him out of that position, but I agree. I think it is going to be Pollard at first, but Kevontae Turpin has done a really nice job of sort of forcing his way into reps on the offense when initially that was not the plan. The Cowboys said no. that publicly. No, no, absolutely. Uh, returner first, receiver second, gadget space player third. I think he's still the gadget space player guy, but he did show he had the ability to go get the football. Heck, if in, the, in that last preseason game, Cooper Rush, if he doesn't get hit in the back, uh, and the ball kind of goes out of his hand. They got Turpin on a touchdown out of a bunch formation. It was a well-designed play to get him in space. So he's a small guy, not a huge catch radius. So they've got to kind of be creative how you get him the ball underneath, around the line of scrimmage, and let him take advantage of that. Question from Selvin Moreno here, a little bit along those same lines of a receiver question. What do you see the Cowboys wide receiver snap percentage being versus Tampa Bay? I think we talked about this on Monday. Uh, I think they'll play a lot of 12 personnel in this game. I do too. I do too. Um, And so because of that, that obviously is you're running two receivers out there at a time. My guess, just my own feeling, I may be wrong about this. I think the only guys we see significantly over the 50% threshold at receiver are going to be Noah Brown and CeeDee Lamb. I think anybody else is either hovering around 50% or maybe a little bit below. Uh, Brian, wide receiver three in this game, if it's not Pollard lined up in the slot, uh, is there a receiver you think is more likely to get those snaps, whether it be Tolbert or Houston or somebody like that? I kind of feel like that maybe I, – I don't think we're going to get the Tolbert one yet. Uh, man, that's that's a – I Simi Fajoko is a guy that, to me, you I feel like you could, you could go with Simi right now and he would know where to line up and be completely – and not short circuit. Yeah. Tolbert, I worry a little bit about. I think you're going to have to get Tolbert a little bit more acclimated to what the speed of the game is going to be. I think Simi Fajoko uh, would be ready for that. Him, Brown. I'm not sold on Houston yet. Maybe Houston could prove me wrong. Uh, but right now, I, I feel like if I had to go play with a guy, I'd put Simi Fajoko out there and let him go. Would you agree with the sentiment, and I, I set this up because there's a follow-up question here, obviously, but would you agree with the sentiment that Mike McCarthy is generally one of the more pro-player, pro-positive rhetoric about his players' coaches in the league? He, he's generally not calling out a lot of guys. No, he's not. He's not Brian Kelly at LSU yeah. calling out his guys. But so, uh, Would you no. think it's significant then that when he was asked about the receivers last week, he did make a point to say Jalen Tolbert has been quote up and down. He has. Is that that a significant criticism from Mike McCarthy? No, I mean, I I think Mike's being honest and uh, for all the problems I have with Mike McCarthy, the one thing I do appreciate about him is he keeps the team healthy for the most part. And he's does a great job, uh, answering questions. I think he does a really good job of answering questions. You ask Mike McCarthy the right question, you will get a good answer. I I, I really believe that. I don't think Mike McCarthy is lying to us. 
we can see it with our own eyes. You don't need yeah. to be former Super Bowl winning scout. <laughs> you just you can watch Jalen Tolbert play, right. and he is not as consistent as he needs to be. I, I, that's that's why Timmy Fajoko and Noah Brown and and some of the others have gotten opportunities sure. because Tolbert Tolbert hasn't been consistent. And here. coaches won't wait on you. They won't wait on you if you're not picking it up. Here's here's and and, and just to to kind of clarify a little bit. You remember in 2020, he he had the line about fantasy football nonsense about yeah, playing. Yeah, that, yeah. And, and and why did he say that? Because he was protecting Zach Martin, who didn't want right. to play out there. Right. Uh, in training camp during one of the walkoffs this year, he was asked about Kelvin Joe or, or about who or the corners who impressed him, and he singled out Kelvin Joseph as having an impressive camp, which we all saw he was not. Yeah. Um, so in general, he's. He's been willing to protect players with his rhetoric. So that's all I mean. It's not that he's making it up. I think we all agree Tolbert's been inconsistent. But is it significant that Mike McCarthy in a public setting was willing to kind of try and light that fire almost and say, hey, you've got to be better? you got to be better. And, you know, he needed to say the same thing about Kelvin Joseph, too. Yeah. You know, that 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 Kelvin Joseph needed to be better, and he wasn't. He wasn't better. You know, this is another another year gone by, another training camp where – Kelvin Joseph continues to have questions about himself. So I, I just, I, I, that those are the kinds of things that I struggle with. Question here from Chase. Do you think the Cowboys use the same offensive strategy as they did last year against the Bucks, using short, quick passes as runs instead of trying to slam against a wall? Well, when they ran the ball on the edge, if you go back and watch the all 22, they had some success. I am not interested in trying to run for two and three yards inside, even though they might have to do it for some of the, if they're third and shorts and things like that. But to me, this is going to be about maybe when you need to run, you pass. Maybe when you need to pass, you run and try and and, and work it that way. Uh, play opposite of what they expect you to do. But I felt like that with Zeke and Pollard, there were a couple of times where the ball got to the edge and they were good to get around the edge. And I think you got a better group of blocking tight ends. I, I really, really do. And I feel like that, you know, you've got the guards that are capable of getting up in the second level and getting some push and getting those linebackers taken care of. Yeah. But, but it's going to be important. I mean, you to, to run on the edge, you've got to get those hats on linebackers. But the Cowboys were able to do that a couple of times last year and uh, had some pretty decent runs out of it. Question from uh, one of our loyal listeners, Dean Julia. What's the sweet spot for targets for CeeDee Lamb to feel like Kellen is properly featuring him as a number one receiver? And does it matter from first half to second half numbers oh, when you go from the initial scripted plays to yeah. how is the game going and how are we involving him? I don't, I don't, I mean, Dean, I'm sorry. I don't have a number for you. Like, Oh, it has to be 15 or it has to be 10 or it has to be three or whatever. As long as I, I again, watching the all 22 in that game at that, it CD lamb went through, there was an interception that was thrown by Dak Prescott when the ball was thrown in the middle of the field and CD really didn't go fight for it all that well. That was on him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he really I, gave. I, I was told by somebody at the time there were some jitters there for CD Lamb. Oh yeah. Oh his, yeah. It was his first game in a full NFL stadium and all. Oh yeah. Football. Yeah. Oh no. And he he. But at the end of that game, CD Lamb was making plays for you. So yeah. 
Anytime you throw the ball, I can't give you the number, Dean, but I could give you this for uh, my my observation. When you throw him the football, I think it's a good thing because he's capable. That that end of that game, he got you in position where you could have won that football game, and but the holding calls killed you. So he played with jitters the first half. The second half, he was legitimately one of the better players on the field. So anytime you could target him, go for it. I don't care what that number is. Last question here from Joe, and he's asking the question, why will the run defense be better this year than last? Uh, Brian, I don't know about you, but I think one of the more impressive players at camp was probably Quentin Bohanna, who's going to be a big part of that run-stopping Anthony Barr for for being up there in age looked really good in some of his run pursuit and you know the Cowboys internally felt like Leighton Vanderhesh had probably the best camp of his career this year and so those are all in, encouraging factors I think for this run defense. I think uh, Dorrance Armstrong is actually a better run defender than what Randy Gregory was last year so that I think will help you. I, I think the guys that are playing on that right side uh, you uh you could talk about Sam Williams. I think Sam Williams is a very physical player yeah. against the run. Uh, Bohanna, as I mentioned, uh, you get Tristan Hill, say he's playing that uh, three. Uh, you get him up the field. He could be disruptive. He makes one of these uh, Godecki the guard or something like that whiff, and next thing you know, he's up the field. you got to get bodies to Leonard Fournette, by the way. You know, you got to make – not only do you got to make Leonard Fournette pick up blitzes, but you got to get bodies to him to tackle. So, yeah, I think run defense overall. I think the front seven, Vanderush, Barr, Parsons, Tank. Uh, I mean, they've got some guys up front that can tackle. Uh, it, in the secondary, you, know, you got Curse. But Curse is one of the best tacklers in the NFL. Curse missed three tackles last year. So you got guys that can tackle, get bodies to the ball, finish the play. That does it for us. We will be back with you again on Friday. Uh, I believe the padded practice is on Thursday, so we're going to have padded practice takeaways. We'll have heard from the quarterback and hopefully have a better idea of where some of the injuries are at, particularly Chris Godwin in Tampa. Um, I'm hoping we'll be able to. I haven't even reached out yet, so uh, maybe this will be uh, a little presumptuous, but we need to reach out to Brianna Dix, who yep. is covers the Bucks. Now covers yep. the Bucks. Hopefully she'll be able to join us and, and we'll talk some more about this. And again, thank you so much to Boomer Jacks, our, our new sponsor. Be sure to check them out at boomerjacks.com. Uh, for Brian Broaddus, I'm Bobby Belt. We'll talk to you again on Friday.